Hey, what's up, and welcome back to the Bad Pipes Podcast. I went back to the old intro. Nice. Nice. <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever have an intro that I feel comfortable with. <laughs> uh, if we did what other people do, we just had like a like a a song that played for way too long, like a forty-five minute sound clip of a song that we played first. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Yeah. Or we uh, we go the other route, and we have someone like edit a uh, like a radio show, like bad pipes, bad pipes, glass crashing in the background. Oh, bad pipes! You know, and we're like, hey guys, welcome back to Bad Pipes. I like it. We should do that. Yeah. I'll talk to my, all my audio uh, editor friends. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, if you're on the Patreon, which you're probably not, uh, you'd see that we were talking about Shin Mashed Rider this week. So that's pretty exciting because it's a, I think this is our second foreign film we've done on the, on the podcast here. Yeah. Um, yeah, I believe so. I think the only other one was what nineteen forty. What was that one? Nineteen forty-four. I think it was nineteen forty-four because it's like the end of the war. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, this is this would be our second one, Shin Common Rider or Shin Masked Rider, uh, by Hide- Hideaki Ano. Yeah. So anyone who's not familiar with him, a bit of background on him. He's the Evangelion guy. Yeah, and, and Shin if Godzilla. That means something to you, then uh, then it'll probably mean something within the context of this movie. Uh, if him being the Evangelion guy means nothing to you, because you've never seen Evangelion, uh, I don't know what to say to you. <laughs> yeah. Um. This movie was a wild ride. Is that a fucking pun? Are you starting the review off with a pun? I I, I didn't intend to, but honestly, I'm gonna ride with it. <laughs> Fuck. Right. So a little bit more background, real quick, just on these like Shin series of movies. Uh, Hideaki mm-hmm. Anno is the guy that has done all three of them because there's actually three. So there's Shin Godzilla, Shin Devil Man, and Shin Common Rider now. Um, or Shin Master Rider for the English audience. <laughs> yeah. Um, these are basically his takes on these franchises. Uh, Shin Godzilla, when it came out, I remember people going crazy for it. They were like, dude, this is like the best Godzilla movie there's ever been. And I never saw it. So I have, I've have also not seen it. But whenever I heard that he did Godzilla, <laughs> Devil Man, and this, I was like, "Oh, that's pretty interesting." Because Devil Man Crybaby, that anime I, that came out on Netflix years ago, I fucking loved it. Yeah, I watched that. That was that's a fucking anime. It's it's an anime. Um, this though, I'm not super familiar with Common Master Writer. Uh, yeah, I'm not, uh, I, I'm not either. So in my head, he's that character from One Punch Man that just rides around on the bike all the time and like doesn't win any fights. 
Um, and I think that's kind of what I was assuming. Not going into this, that's kind of what I was assuming. Um, in my head, I wasn't like, yeah, this guy's probably like a badass that had like his own show. Uh, because in my mind, I was like stuck on that parody version of him from One Punch Man. Yeah. Um, so when this movie opens up with like Sam Raimi blood splatters in a forest, I was like, oh, I'm in for something totally different from what I thought I was getting. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it, it's the, at the very beginning, watching it, I was like, oh, this. It was giving, like, a gory Power Rangers, almost. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like a, like a hyper-violent Power Rangers. Yeah. Um, which I absolutely loved. From the beginning to the end. Yeah. Um, just very interesting, unique concepts they have going on. Yeah, because uh, I'm pretty sure, I mean, we can look it up, but I'm pretty sure the, like, Common Rider stuff was coming out in, like, the 80s, and it does have that sort of, like, 80s anime feel, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, let's see. Uh... an armored hero who has a cool transforming motorcycle, and he fights other <laughs> armored villains that are also, like, half insect or animal. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so um, originally aired um, in 1988 in Japan, making it over to the United States in the mid-90s, which I don't ever recall. I, I may have watched this at some point, but I don't ever recall watching it on... Uh, apparently, it was on Fox Kids. Is this an anime? No. Nope, it was a live... Um, it looks like yeah, it was just like alive. Basically, like Power whenever Rangers. I pull up Common Rider, there's actually a 1971 TV series. Oh, maybe it's that one. Um, I mean, it's it's probably like the same. Oh, okay. So it, or whatever. It looks like so. I looked up Masked Rider, not Common Rider. So yeah. Masked Rider talks about how the one that aired in the United States specifically is the one from 1988. That is uh, Common Rider Black RX. Uh, yeah. So I'm assuming it started in the 70s, continued on through who who even knows, 80s, 90s in Japan, and this one specifically, uh, they kind of did the same thing they did with Power Rangers, where they, you know, dubbed it over and brought it in for a kids a kids show. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was a huge Power Rangers fan as a kid. Yeah, I was too. For sure. I watched a bunch of Power Rangers. <laughs> I remember. So. <laughs> <laughs> I have this one goofy memory. It's like one of the few memories I have from like preschool of this kid I knew who was like one of my friends being like. <laughs> you know, kids just say stupid shit and you look back on it and you're like, he was ahead of his time. <laughs> uh, this kid was like, man, I just want to suck on the pink Power Rangers boobies. <laughs> I think back because I'm like, how old could, could that kid could that kid have been? Like, yeah, four years old maybe because it's preschool. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, damn, he was he was onto something. 
This cello shit knew what he was up to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, um, I remember loving Power Rangers as a kid, watching all the movies and whatnot as they were coming. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, this, this was interesting, because, I mean, this is all... Uh, you have, like, a dystopian, like, corporation basically creating human... I, I guess... I guess animal because there, there were some. I, a lot of them are insects, but you do have like the bat. Human insect hybrids, and then yeah. they were like, and then here's a bat, and here's a chameleon and a mantis, and you're yeah. like, this is getting wild. Yeah. And then homeboy is just like a butterfly, right? Yeah, yeah. The one who can like, I guess, send people's souls into some. Into the fucking cyber realm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, that's I don't know how much of that comes from Common uh, Rider because those are like very much Hideaki Ano type ideas the like mm-hmm. that's the same shit that he's talking about in Evangelion is like <clears throat> human beings ability to lie to each other is what gives us happiness because we're able to hide like the imperfections of life mm-hmm. from each other um and in a realm of complete and absolute truth, that would be hell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is probably true, because all the pink rangers of the world would know how much uh, we all want to suck their boobies. <laughs> and we won't have the naivety or innocence of childhood to uh, protect us. <laughs> yeah. I'm on a fucking rip. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, where are we? Yeah, let's talk about this movie. Uh, So the basic plot is is basically like a fight anime plot where uh, the hero is thrust into uh, unexpected circumstances. He's been transformed into a half yeah. grasshopper man well and basically when they when they do these they, the, the corporation essentially brainwashes them to serve them whereas it, it, it would seem he you know he he was rescued released before he was brainwashed and so he has his his individuality yes yes uh and then from there, it just becomes kind of like a, a march up the, the ladder. Um, yeah. He kills Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> he does indeed kill Spider-Man, who just dissolves into some web. Um, yeah, they all dissolve into bubbles. Yeah. Did you notice that? Yeah, it was kind of weird. <laughs> I was like, why bubbles? I don't know. There's got to be like a Japanese reason for that. Like, uh, bubbles are what your soul looks like when it exists in heaven or something. I don't know. Yeah. I could probably Google it. I don't want to. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Then we see him like introduce to other people. There's the two government agencies that are working mm-hmm. against the super corporation, Shocker. Uh, Shocker. 
they go through and they they defeat more people uh he's got his little sidekick who is the daughter of the scientist that turned him into a grasshopper man mm-hmm. um and i Ruriko, i think it was or something yeah and i would say that she is not a love interest which is very japanese them being like mm-hmm. Here's the guy and a girl working together, and they are not love interests, okay? Yeah. They just trust each other intimately, okay? Yeah. No kissing. No kissing. That's unbecoming of a young person. Strictly platonic. Yep. And then they do the classic Japanese trope of before you go fight the big bad guy you have to fight the evil version of yourself yeah common writer 2 <laughs> so common writer 2 is a guy who used to be a investigative journalist yeah yeah oh yeah maybe you should the main character's name is hongo Hong- hongo yes uh, so then he meets common writer 2 and his name is ichimonji ichimonji and they beat each other up, and Ichimunji breaks uh, Hongo's leg. And that was, honestly, there's a lot of these scenes in here that are pretty graphic. Because, like, you don't see him actually break the leg, but then he's, like, crawling away with his leg on backwards. And you're like, God damn. Yeah. <laughs> God damn. Um, yeah. But scientist sidekick girl uh, is able to break the brainwashing on Common Rider 2. And this was a moment in the movie where I was like, oh, that'd be truly fucking horrible. Because apparently the way the brainwashing works is they cover every single bad memory you have with a feeling of euphoria. So whenever the brainwashing breaks, you experience every bad memory you've ever had in your life at once. Yeah. And I was like, just thinking about that, I was like, that would fuck me up. (laughs) Yeah, pretty terrible. I think I teared up a little bit at that point. I was watching this at like two in the morning, so. Yeah. Um, then she gets taken out of the plot. She does. Uh, she gets murdered by, uh, who was it? Chameleon Mantis guy. Yeah. I think his name's Ichiro. No clue. Yeah. Uh, so, I would say most of the fights are pretty fucking good because it's just like old school fight choreography. Mm-hmm. They're like punching each other, kicking each other, and uh, oh yeah. Every once in a while, they do this like kind of goofy thing of like a hyper cgi fight um, oh yeah like when i in the tunnel when they're fighting all of the evil common writers yeah well i was, I was just gonna say just like it i i loved it when um he's fighting common writer too and they're like flying through the air <laughs> yeah and the whole time they're like fucking monologuing and yeah. common writer two is like yes fight me in the air <laughs> so that you're at max power because you're fully in the wind. Oh yeah, the wind charges his fucking energy belt, which keeps him strong, I guess. 
there's a lot going on here. <laughs> yeah, because they talk about like prana or like the life energy prana, that like yeah, they're force. they're like his like suit, his like belt and whatever like harnesses it and like that's what gives him his strength. Yeah, and whenever the evil guys kill someone, they like harvest their prana, like they consume their soul basically is what it sounds like. Yeah. Kind of dark. Yeah. I, I, I'm just like, this whole thing, like, he came up with so many interesting concepts to, like, tie into this. <laughs> it's just wild. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, uh, eventually, Hongo and Ichimungo? Ichimungi? Munji? Ichimonji. Ichimonji. They team up and they beat up the big bad guy. And they, they, the day is saved. They do. Um, but our hero dies. Hongo gives up his life in the attempt, and uh, Ichimonji. He becomes common rider two plus one. One dash two. <laughs> right. He's wearing the helmet, wearing... but Hongo's soul is in the helmet. Yeah, Hongo's soul is in the helmet. <laughs> and it talks to him as he takes a motorcycle ride into the sunset. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I just, I mean, that scene, Fast and the Furious wishes they could do that scene. Paul Walker's soul is in the car that Dom drives off into the sunset. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's so, like, like, it's a very cliche story, but it manages to, like, hit all of these notes that, like, make you feel things. Oh, yeah. Um, like, at the end there, that idea of, like, we carry the ones we've lost with us, like, their souls become part of us. Mm -hmm. And, like, ideally, they're, the goodness in them drives us to enact greater goodness in the world um i feel like that's a very touching note to end the movie on yeah and it's also not the end there's like more branches of shocker that need to be taken down so uh yeah shin master rider 2 <laughs> i'm i'm all for it i don't think they would i think this is just like a good ending spot because like how do you have a more meaningful theme than what's in this? You can't really. Yeah. If they did a sequel to this, it would just be like a parody of the first one, basically. Yeah. Or they, you know, they do maybe like a Power Rangers route and they'd have like five masked riders and they, they all come together at the end to beat up a gorilla human hybrid squint <laughs> yeah the, the, the sequel is just all mammals yeah or or they <laughs> or they go the Baki route and it's all fucking dinosaurs <laughs> yeah that'd be pretty I great dinosaurs rex man that'd be wild I still need to watch Baki. Oh, that's so good. Should we just do Baki for our next episode? Uh, I'd be down. That's like 
40 or somewhere between like 40 and 60 episodes of anime you'd have to watch um honestly if you want we could do that um maybe not for next week but we could do that in the break when i come back down there to florida true gives me time to watch it when i'm on break for nine days true and we can cover it all yep also gives me right. incentive to just hurry up and watch it i'm down for that yeah uh but yeah so should master rider what do you give this I like it, but I know a lot of people wouldn't like it. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, this is cheesy and campy, and a lot of people don't like that. So I think, like, realistically, this is probably like a 7, 7 out of 10. But for me, it was it was probably like a solid 8. Yeah, uh, I, I would say for me it's an 8. I I, I did quite enjoy it. What are our reviews on this? Uh, IMDb gives it a 6.1 out of 10. 87% uh, of Google users. Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes uh, critics gave it an 8, 89 and audience gave it an 85. Interesting. So yeah, people people did generally enjoy it. I have uh, entered it into our list. Keeping a, keeping a, running, a running tab here. You you were able to access the list, right? Yeah, yeah, I saw it. You saw like where I I basically added a note into each one. Yeah. With our exact scores. Yeah, I saw. Since it only it only does out of five, which doesn't really translate to for everything. Ten to, point score. Yeah, especially because there's some of them where we <laughs> were like yeah seven point seven five five point six nine. <laughs> <laughs> There, there's some of them. I don't know if you. I saw like I added notes, and it was like for it was like Army of Darkness. When we reviewed it. Matt was like giving it like an eight point two three. You gave him shit. And he goes fine eight point three two. And so I put like I put like in parentheses like eight point three two under duress. <laughs> and it was like jo- jo- Johnny Mnemonic. You were like, yeah, I think I'd have to give this a six out of ten. But honestly, it's like an eight out of ten in my heart. So I literally put I put six out of ten for you. And then I put in parentheses eight in his heart. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I can't really find for this is the budget. Uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah. So I only have I have the box office here, but yeah, it crossed. Crossed. It crossed. 16.02 million but that's like japanese numbers because it only came out theatrically in japan yeah um fuck um, yeah i don't see anything about the budget i don't either oh well Sorry, I fucked up. I said Shin Devilman. It's Shin Ultraman. Oh, uh, Shin Ultraman. Yeah. So ignore all that talk about how much I like the Devilman uh, anime. Uh, honestly, Devilman is great. You should watch it anyways. Yeah, you should watch it. All right. Uh, the only thing I kind of wanted to mention was that uh, Chris Gore of Film Threat, a 
I would say a very good uh, film review site. Mm-hmm. Um, he put together and released this past year a movie called Attack of the Dock. Uh, the epic story behind G4 TV and Attack of the Show. So anyone my age, Scott's age, maybe a little bit younger than us, maybe a little bit older than us, uh, you're probably familiar with G4 if you're into video gaming or, I don't know, or just like a guy on the internet at that time. Um, Mm -hmm. So basically, this is just a documentary of those two things uh, and how... It was a very, like, almost like startup-minded thing. Uh, no one really knew what they were doing, and they just did things to the best of their abilities. And we got this show that, like, kind of shaped, like, gaming culture for years to come. And I would say probably in some ways led to the success of, like, YouTube uh, mm-hmm. as far as, like, gaming channels and things like that. Uh Which is yep. kind of ironic because after G4 tried to come back on YouTube, they had like completely changed their formula, basically, and they failed within a year and fell apart. But it was also like only a select few people who came back for the return of the G4 stuff. And <laughs> if you're a person on the internet and you're on that side of YouTube, uh, you know exactly why they failed. Uh, they were totally out of touch with their audience, and um, yeah, when they tried to make that return, it was not. It not was great. bad. Yeah, I just I remember G four. I I, I love G four for like they just had. I mean they 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 were so ahead of their time. Like they should have come back and done like what they used to do, where they would host like the um, like land tournaments. They'd literally have like you could watch people play land tournaments for like original Halo, Halo two. Yeah, um, that was, they would, uh, I think the name of that show was like Arena. Yeah, it was like and Arena. It was or like something. a multiplayer thing where people would, you know, do that shit. Um, but like Attack of the Show was mm-hmm. fucking awesome and it was so funny. And you had like Kevin Pereira and Olivia Munn who mm-hmm. were, they had like such good chemistry and they talk about this in the documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Olivia Munn is a stunningly beautiful woman who is incredibly funny. Yeah. And like, then you couple that with like Kevin Pereira, who was uh, this like tiny little guy, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, also very funny and like very. The two of them together had like such good. Uh, I would call it almost like improv. Like one of them would bit and the other one would play off the bit. And they like, they created running gags for the show that were like, I don't know. It, it gets you to like commit to it and it gets you to like buy in because it's fun. It, and it was like you were hanging out with your friends before like hanging out yeah. with your fucking friends on Discord or whatever, yeah. like playing games with them. Um, uh, I mean, G four G four was also they were the original like ones to air like Ninja Warrior back in the day, like that was where you would watch like the like like yeah. So Ninja was, Warrior was on there. Um, yeah, but then they they also got kind of like 
shafted by uh i think they were part of nbc universal when they first started and they had like cops playing on g4 and they had like cheaters on g4 uh they would randomly just have those playing on there yeah yeah and they talk about this in the documentary they're like these why are we fucking like producers at g4 were like why do we have these shows on our channel like this is not our audience yeah uh and i think it was just the upper management or whatever at like nbc universal being like oh we have these shows and we need to just dump them somewhere and yeah. they're kind of like, uh, cops is like a guy show, I guess. So we'll put it on G4 because that's like Dude, a primarily like, guy channel. They would have been so much better off because I mean, it, I feel like this was around the same time that like Cartoon Network got rid of Toonami and shit. Like you would have been so much better off instead of playing cops, like cheaters and everything, picking up like anime. That would have gone hand in hand. Like you, you played game shows and you know do stuff with gaming, but like, anime would have even been better than. Cause yeah. I would say, I would say, I remember like anytime. G4 was playing cops or cheaters or any of that random just garbage television I just wouldn't watch. I'd just change the channel. Yeah. I mean, you'd see that it was on for like four hours straight and you were like, why? You're like, I don't want to watch that. Yeah. Yeah. Like Ninja Uh, Warrior was good. mm -hmm. Yeah, Attack Uh, of the Show was good. Ninja Warrior Arena. I mean... Yeah, I mean, G4 was legitimately good coverage of stuff. So, like, they were the first people to go to E4, and their coverage of E4 was so successful that in the next years at at, uh, E4, they had an entire two-story stage built for them, and they uh, did did stuff there. And the first year they did that two-story stage, uh, oh, what's his name? Was it E4 or E3? E3. E3. What yeah. was I saying? E4. I'm E4. G- Ele- G4. Ele- G4. E3 on G4. <laughs> yeah, Electronics Entertainment Expo, which I think to this year was the year they announced. Because I, I know they've taken breaks, but I think they officially announced this year it's never returning. It's just done now. Yeah. I mean, culture has changed. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because yeah, 2022 they they canceled it. Um. They were going to bring it back this year, and then they were like, hey, no, no, like, they just didn't sell enough tickets. Lack of attendance and interest. I mean, basically, I think I think it really got hurt when, um, like, Sony, Sony, for, I think Nintendo was the first one to decide, well, like, hey, we're not. were like, they pulled out. Um, yeah. Well, I was going to say, I think, I think Nintendo was pretty big on, like, hey, we're just going to do, like, virtual ones. Like, we're not going to actually, like, come on stage. Sony followed with that. And it was, like, at that point, you only have Microsoft. And well, I think Nintendo saw that, like, the way that things were being reacted to mm-hmm. was, like, getting progressively worse. And it's because all of these gaming companies were pushing more and more and more into live service games and mobile games and shit like yep. that because Tencent came in and bought substantial portions of them and Tencent and these other random Chinese and I think there's a Korean company they just want to like gotchify every single game and it's so fucking frustrating yeah. like every game that comes out now has a season pass why why does every single game need to have a single pass you paid 40 to 50 to 70 dollars sometimes for one of these games and then uh to get yep. the little cosmetics or the new guns or whatever that come out for that season you have to pay 
uh, an extra 10 to 20 dollars depending on the game yeah and that's no, like every three or four months they expect you to spend another 10 to 20 dollars on the game yep no it is it's it is insanely irritating with how how it's yeah. all kind of come around yeah and i think people saw the way that people were reacting to like diablo like the diablo mobile stuff was mm-hmm. like big memes well you guys all have phones don't you <laughs> and then getting booed on stage like people start going oh the culture's changing and people don't like it you know yeah which is very understandable because it used to be like you paid your fucking 60 70 dollars and you got a full game at mm-hmm. release that like maybe needed a couple bug splats and that's it. Um, nowadays, people put out half-baked games and expect that, like, in a year or two, they'll be the full release, basically. Yeah. Um, without having the decency to go on, like, Steam or something and put it into early access, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, Baldur's Gate 3, the reason it's so successful is because it spent four years in early access. And I played it when it first went into early access and it was rough yeah. it was rough because it was like very very early access and the whole point of early access is to get those blood bugs out right and yep. to explore mechanics and to get people's uh how they feel about mechanics or features or the user interface or things like that and and what do you fucking know when you do something like that you end up winning game of the year yeah oh yeah like not even close. I feel like they're like people. People were trying to say like Spider-Man. Like Spider-Man Two. No, not. Even, I know like the Sony fanboys wanted that. Dog shit. Yeah, I mean it was basically just a reskin, rehashed version of the first one. I mean, watching gameplay of that, I was like, this is stupid, man. Yeah. Like they haven't changed anything. No. Like this. Do you remember the Spider-Man game that came out on like PlayStation Two back in the day? Oh, dude, I love... I, I fucking... I remember... Core memory of that is taking a road trip with my family across, like, into... Like, to the Midwest. Like, we we spent, like, a week on the road just, like, traveling, doing a road trip. And I remember, like, my dad hooked it up so that our minivan could, like, power the, my PlayStation 2. And I remember playing that game on that entire trip. Yeah. Yeah, we used to do that on trips up to Pennsylvania. Yeah. Great we'd game. do that, and we'd also have like the VHS player in there or the DVD uh, yeah. player, and um, <laughs> that movie we watched, 1941. We used mm-hmm. to watch it on repeat on the way up to Pennsylvania. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, so Attack of the Dock, I highly recommend it. Um, even if you've never seen G4 or you've never seen Attack of the Show, I highly recommend it. Um, there's some things that are like very indie and low budget about it. That's to be expected. Um, Chris Gore himself is like a big proponent of indie movies. Um, Film Threat is like as punk rock as, uh, film review gets. Uh, they have all different kinds of folk reviewing movies. Um, and they also, uh, 
they're also part of that idea of thought that's like you shouldn't review a movie if it's not the variety of movie that you enjoy right yeah so uh do you remember that movie that came out it was like bros and it was about like i it was like a gay romance romp kind of thing or something like that it was like a comedy yeah, I mean, it got swept under the rug pretty quick because it wasn't good. Um, but yeah. like, the uh, film threats reviewer for that was a gay guy that was like, "This movie fucking sucks." <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, uh, I think that Chris Gore has a pretty good head on his shoulders when it comes to movies, and yeah. Alan, the other guy uh, with Film Threat, at least on YouTube. Um, I think that he's also usually got half decent takes. He's the one that I think I've brought up before. That's like Asian representation, because uh, he's Asian, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, oh yeah, we've got all the people of the, <laughs> we've got all the people of the rainbow except the Asians. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, Attack of the Dock, highly recommend it. You can find it for free on YouTube. Uh, if you want to support it, I think it was only like two dollars if you wanted to buy it. Like it was super cheap. Um, yeah. I I might buy it just to like support them because I I think that mm-hmm. they are legit. Um. Also, a lot of shots of Olivia Munn in that documentary. <laughs> Woo! Get to see yeah. her in a skimpy little maid outfit, jump into a, a pool of pudding. Yeah. This is a fun one. I was like, they had, uh, who's the other girl they had on there? Uh, Candace something? Uh, Candace dick fit in your mouth? <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Um, hold on, I'm I'm pulling it up. Uh, Candace like, Bailey. Yeah, that's her. Uh, she was the one who replaced Olivia Mon when Olivia Mon left, and then ah. uh, Sarah Jean Underwood also made a lot of uh, appearances. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, I remember one. <laughs> I remember one bit that stuck in my head was uh, Sarah Jean Underwood dressed as uh, Padme from Attack of the Clones. Uh, yeah. Like washing cars. <laughs> <laughs> of course. That's a, uh, that's a bit that stuck in my head. Yeah. Olivia Munn in the Slave Leia bikini. Classic. Yep. Hey, they, they knew their audience. There was also a bit that Candace Bailey and Sarah Jean Underwood had where Candace Bailey would be like, yeah, guys, I'm definitely straight. Like, for certain. And then she'd fucking turn to Sarah Jean Underwood and, like, motorboat her and be like, yeah, I'm straight. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> And they talk about that too, because like G4 was coming out back in like the 
Oh, what do the British call it? It's like the aughties. Aughts, yeah. The the two thousands, so it was like you could do kind of like risque stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. A lot of jokes on there that you can't make today. There's a whole song about it in the documentary. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, I guess I'm done sucking the dick of Attack of the Dock. If you made it this far, thanks for listening. We appreciate it, and we love you. Yeah, we do. Uh, if you want to support this podcast for some unhinged reason, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash bad pipes podcast uh if you want to email us uh questions or comments or if you want to write a letter complaining about how i messed up uh i mixed up devil man and Ultraman, uh you can do that at cryptidworksofficial at gmail.com if you want to follow us on the twitter slash x you can do that at what is it bad pipes podcast uh, just bad pipes pod at bad pipes pod. Um, okay. if you if you like the music, it's by Carl Casey at my bad audio. Give him a listen. True. Actually, this song is kind of fun. Have we heard this before? I, they I don't know if we the have. Playlist? Yeah, I don't. Agents of little... Chaos by Carl Casey. This kind it's of fucking a, sick. Nice little outro for us. It's kind of fucking sick, dude. We're gonna have to play this first. Get hyped. Yeah. It's got like Doom vibes. Yeah. And if you love my dog barking, you can tell me about that at uh the email. <laughs> Her name is Ash after Ash from the Evil Dead. Yes. True facts for real. Uh, what else? Is that everything? Uh, email, yeah. Twitter, Patreon. Uh, Twitter, uh, email, <laughs> Carl Casey. Oh, buy our merch. Uh, yeah, buy our merch. Maybe we'll make shirts if Matt ever uh, comes back to us. Yeah. All right. Bye. Ha- happy Sunday. Bye.